Hello, hello, y'all. What's up? Happy Saturday to you. You've tuned into another episode of Youth Development, What's Working and What's Not. I am Jackie. Tyra. Hey. How are you? You know, Uh at home, sitting on my couch, thinking about how blessed I am. (laughs) I know that is right. Man, that's amazing. That's amazing. So, so, okay, catch us up. First of all, how was your birthday? Ooh. So, y'all want to hear a story? It's story time, y'all. Okay. Um, I call myself buying me, like, my own presents for my birthday because I'm a Sagittarius. And I think people in December who have birthdays before Christmas, this is just something that we do. Okay? Maybe not, but that's a theory. I'm going to throw that out there. If y'all catch it, comment. Okay? (laughs) (laughs) However, I call myself, you know, buying myself certain gifts, right? I spent my actual birthday waiting on a um, pickup (laughs) because the week prior, first of all, I had also been sick like for three weeks, the first three weeks of November because work was working and we were all running ourselves ragged. Right. (laughs) Over. (laughs) And so I think it caught up to me. Right. So the first three weeks of November, I was like at home trying to recuperate and it was also very peaceful, might I add. But um, there was one week where I was like, oh, what you going to People kept asking me, what are you going to do for your birthday? What are you going to do for your birthday? And I couldn't think of like anything I necessarily wanted to do because, again, it's December and people are having parties. People yeah. are <laughs> doing things, right? All the things that could be done, I knew I was going to do them, right? But there were a couple of things on my uh, self, go get this for yourself you know, a uh, present list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I call myself by, you know, this beautiful TV, right? Um, And having my uncle mounted on the wall only for him to peel, <laughs> peel back the cardboard. <laughs> peel back the cardboard after we've gotten it up on the wall and it'd be completely broken. <laughs> no! Right. So on my actual birthday, I was sitting waiting for the Target delivery truck to come and pick up the TV. But I'm sitting here again to answer your question, how my day is going. I'm sitting here looking at the wall mount. <laughs> thinking, oh, my God, that's such a like first world problem. To have. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm still very blessed. Right. Like, so those are like, you know, just some of the things I'm thinking about as I go into the new year, like. You don't really have a lot of problems right now. So, right. So <laughs> well, so wait, 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 wait. So now I'm I'm invested. I'm I'm, I'm invested okay. now. So wait. So you sent it back. Yes. Okay. So they haven't given you your new one yet. No, no, no. So I'm not sure why. I don't know if this particular TV was a Westinghouse. And now I think about it, I haven't really seen a lot of Westinghouses like promoted. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if it's been discontinued at Target. Or what? But they were like, here go your money, baby. Oh. <laughs> you another TV, but here go your money. Here go your coins, right? Okay. Um, so now I'm in the in the, you know, mode of trying to figure out, do I want to take this wall mount down? Do I want another TV? Because I have a TV that's perfectly, you know, usable. I just wanted to kind of rearrange my living room, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> I, oh. 
you know, a TV on this wall, a little bit bigger would be nice. So, yeah, that's how I spent my actual birthday. But this month, I've been kind of out and about all months. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm looking forward for these next few days to kind of sit down, too. I know that's right. Well, let's see. Um, so we've been out for a week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We've been out for a week. We got out because uh, some people they got out the week before us, and they actually have to go back to uh, school either Monday or Tuesday, or something like that. We mm-hmm. we get out on Thursday, and uh, we don't go back until the eighth. Praise God! So I have another week. She said, "Praise God, hallelujah, hallelujah. <laughs> glory to God." Do you understand me? And it's not like I've been doing like you know, so much or anything like that. It's just the fact that I, I didn't really realize how much doing nothing mm-hmm. is actually amazing. Mm-hmm. Or if I choose to do something, I have the liberty to do that. You know what I'm saying? But most of the time I find myself in my house just chilling, watching TV. You know what I'm saying? So like this morning, um, I got up super early and I didn't realize that the Walmart by me was open up at six. So I'm like, hmm, it's like six, uh, I think it was before 630. Yeah, so I was like, you know what, let me go ahead, you know, and make this run. You know what I'm saying? So I went out there because I really like, for, for for anybody that doesn't know, I'm, I'm a morning person. I'm a real early morning person. I like to get up, do what I got to do. So I wait, I've been on a Walmart run already this morning. Yes. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. The one on Dodie Road opened up at like six. So I was like, oh, okay. And then the jewel, not too far from there, opened up at seven. So I'm like, huh, I could kill two birds with one stone with one Mm -hmm. stone while Mm -hmm. I'm heavily caffeinated right now. (laughs) So I'm like, bet, let me throw on my joggers. Yeah, you know, let me just, you know. So I went there, I stopped at Walmart, and there wasn't there wasn't nobody in there, which was amazing. In and out experience. Got a park right there at the door. I'm like, really? look at Jesus. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I then um I went to Jewel, found another park at the door. See, it pays to when you got when you gotta go grocery shopping, I guess fun, you know, just a little tip. When you gotta go grocery shopping, if you can. You know, on Saturday, get up if you can. I would suggest getting up like right when the store opens. So like six, seven or something like that, where you can just be in and out. You know, but that's provided that you that you know that you're an, an early morning person, you can do that. But mm-hmm. when I say there was Holly, well, you something was happening. I don't know what was happening up there on Saturday night at the store, but the police was like everywhere. But other than that, um, there was no traffic. I'm like, bet. It's so interesting to me because I I very vividly remember my grandmother always telling me like, you know, she would need to go to the store or like, you know, getting ready to go grocery shopping, and she'd be like, mm, not the thirtieth, not the thirty first, not the first, right, and probably not the second. Yeah. <laughs> So I guess that makes sense to me, like getting up earlier, because I also like remember when I was working with um, 
senior population, our elder population more, uh, more and do a more direct service, right? Having to, I also had to be up earlier, y'all, mm-hmm. <laughs> to catch them. Because <laughs> they would be on a shuttle bus. That's going to right. That's right. That's the time to go. And I, I mean, I like you said, I did see a few of the elders in there, but that that is the time to go and get your fruit right when they put it out. Get your meat <laughs> right when they put it. In. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, and here's a so I'm gonna have to look into this some more or like find you know how they used to have those um, news interviews with the person like you could really barely hear their voice or like their voice would be distorted and like they have on like um, like a black mask or like they're completely their like their identity is completely darked out mm-hmm. right I'm gonna have to find somebody who works in a grocery store to tell me if this is true and have one of those moments but I heard from someone very recently that the fruit that they put out stays out all night and all day like they don't put it back anywhere well you know what you know what when i go and i like um because i know that jewel and walmart when they have like the fresh cut fruit Mm -hmm. so um i usually look out and i don't know if this is like a uh, a tip or whatever I usually look, I, I hold the fruit up and I look at the date on the bottom to see when they mm-hmm. cut it. So I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, bet. They they cut this this morning at, you know, at 6.05 or something like that. So I'm like, okay, cool. And, and even if it's, because um, like depending on the type of fruit, because sometimes they have like the combination fruit where it's like the, you know, the, the cantaloupe, the watermelon or whatever. Uh, I've seen that those don't really sell as fast as individual fruit. So, like, that may be, like, the day before or something like that. So, depending on, like, you know, what what you are going in there for, I always lift it up and look, okay, they cut this this morning. Okay, bet, let me let me get it. So, but other than that, man, that's, I'm not, I'm not sure about that. That is something to definitely look into, though. That makes sense to me because, again, if it says this cut fruit, I mean, or this says today's date on this cut fruit. I'm actually talking about the fruit on the stands, like on the display, right. like the whole fruit. Mm-hmm. Right? So it makes me think, too, because I've been in a couple grocery stores. I ain't going to name no names on here. <laughs> but when Jackie's talking about lift that fruit up, yeah. whether it's that container or it's like, again, the whole fruit, whether you're talking about bananas or yeah. strawberries in the regular container, not the fruit that they didn't cut. Right. But um, you know, the fruit that they have shipped to the store. Mm-hmm. Man, y'all better make sure y'all look at that fruit because sometimes yeah. it eats rotten. Yeah, that's true. And home and you take it home and you didn't got some rotten fruit, you're gonna be real upset. That's true. Right? Um, and I'd be like in the store upset, like, wait a minute, y'all not out here checking the fruit. But now having someone said this to me, mm-hmm. it makes a lot of sense. Cause if it's just sitting there for days, mm-hmm. they probably using the fruit that's about to go bad to cut mm, interesting that's my theory huh. and again I want somebody who I don't have to know you know I don't, we ain't got to reveal your identity but I want somebody to work in the store right. <laughs> give us all the tea that that would that, mm-hmm. that, that that's crazy that's <laughs> that's so funny that's crazy that's crazy uh what was I gonna ask you uh how was your Christmas Ooh, Christmas was very like 
So I actually end, didn't end up going to church because Samia came home on Wednesday after their little performance. Mind you, it's been off and on sickness, right? Mm. And so I, like I said, I had strep in November. And I think my body was just like, girl, sit down. Right. <laughs> sit down. Um, and then um, fast forward to what week did they get out of school, Jackie? Uh, not this past week. Or not, it's Saturday. Yeah. yeah. So not this past week, the week prior. Uh-huh. That Wednesday, she had a performance, which I was like very blessed to be able to go see, right? Because mm-hmm. normally I'm working and you know schedules and um, sometimes I'm not able to take off because there are things happening right yeah. um, but I was able to go see the performance and why tell me y'all it had been freezing like not freezing I'm exaggerating <laughs> but bitterly cold mm-hmm. right and y'all know I'm very cold in in you know person she however is not she's like the complete opposite so I guess because it warmed up a little bit on a particular day, on performance day, right? They had one more day of school, just Thursday. All they had was Thursday. It was Wednesday. All they had was like a free day, basically, because our teacher, when I came and picked her up, and he told me, oh, yeah, she got a little bit of a fever. She ain't feeling too good. He was like, but they ain't going to be doing too much tomorrow. They just going to be having a party tomorrow. She had one more day. (laughs) Friday was a PD day, right? So I come pick her up from school on that Wednesday. She's not feeling too hot. The next day, she got a full-blown fever. Mm. Right? Um, so we got it down. And then um, Saturday evening rolls around. Fever flares up again. I'm just like, girl. <laughs> oh, no. It's Christmas Eve service at Quinn Chapel. No, we is not. <laughs> oh, no. Um, so I was in the house. And, you know, trying to doctor her up on Christmas Eve or that, you know, that whole like kind of extended weekend. And um, then, uh, you know, also having my aunt is also in town. So my aunt and my grandmother, um, who are sisters, trying to, you know, doctor her up. My mom was over my house and y'all just God bless me because this is like four generations of women. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um. With all, you know, us having f- four completely different experiences on how to parent, yeah. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> but then, you know, once our fever went down, um, Sunday evening, we ended up being able to go to my grandmother's house and some more family came over, like a few more family members came over. Um, I didn't have to cook. I did have to put the food away, mm-hmm. but I didn't have to wash no dishes, you know. So my Christmas was great. Okay, okay, that always works. That always works. Oh, mm-hmm. and I forgot we had a staff party at work on Friday, mm-hmm. and like just a whole staff outing. After yeah, <laughs> yeah. Again, when I say like it's time for me to sit down, it's it's a little time for me to sit down. Yeah, I didn't go to our holiday party. They they sent like out the little. Ooh, I was like, mm, yeah, no, no, thank you. But because, because okay, because we got out that Thursday, right? We mm-hmm. got out like super early, like around one o'clock or something like that, right? So I'm like, okay, bet. As soon as I, you know, it was over, as soon as school was over, because that last day, um, they they were they weren't really doing nothing anyway. So they had like a, a sixth grade 
they had like a, a gingerbread making competition and it was it was nice the the last day and so um Actually, yeah that's yeah it was it was really cute it was really cute and so um and so we get out at one o'clock I took my kids to the bus stop because I, I have a, a group of kids that have to walk to the bus stop. After they got on the bus, when I tell you, I jumped in my car so fast. I was <laughs> like, oh, my God. <laughs> I said, oh, my God, glory to God. But our um, the staff party was later that evening, like around 6 or 7. So do you want me to come out back out the house? And I we got out of school at 1. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. And and it was, I think it was like doing like some light dusting, some light snowing that day or raining or something like that. I was like, come back. Yeah, it rained all day. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> you come back. Up. Yeah, absolutely. Now, it'd be different. They had like a little something like right after school or something like that, you know, but they wanted to be like, you know, like a real adult type part. I'm like, mm, yeah, no. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I stayed in the house. I watched, I forgot what I watched, but it was me. And I think I got some jerk chicken or something like that. And I was here and it was amazing. My Christmas, my Christmas was very peaceful because typically um, my family, we get together for Thanksgiving, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Not so much for Christmas because no, I'm the only one that lives in the city now. Uh, everybody else lives out in, in different parts of Illinois. So, um, which is which is totally fine, you know. Um, so I was here. I made, I attempted, because normally I make a, like a, a gumbo or something every year. <laughs> Crying, right? My gumbo, my I messed up my roux. I was so hurt. Oh no, I was so hurt. So, but I, I want to say I I messed it up. It was just that. I didn't have enough oil. So, you know, you had either use oil or butter to start the roux before you add your flour, mm-hmm. right? And so mm-hmm. I thought that I had a sufficient amount of oil, but apparently not. Because when I started to add the flour, um, it got really, like, gummy and, and pasty. And I was like, I, I've never seen it. it. I've never had that problem before. I, I, I was like, what in the world? I was so hurt. And then it started to... Um, well, you know, if you burn your roux, of course you gotta, you know, throw it out and start over mm-hmm. or whatever. And I and I've never done that before. I was so hurt, and I was like, oh my god, I don't understand what's happening. So I had to throw that away. And then because I had, but thankfully I hadn't like added like any of my ingredients yet, like none mm-hmm. of the vegetables or the meat yet, because I had like some uh some chicken, some crawfish, and some uh what I had chicken, crawfish, and some shrimp. I didn't put any of that in yet, thankfully. So I just threw that out, that little poor roux or whatever that was. I threw that out, washed it, whatever that was. Whatever that was. I, you know, I understand how hurt I was. I was like, oh my God. Um, so I had to wash the pot out, you know, wait a, wait a little minute. So I turned it into like a soup instead of making it a roux because I still had the chicken stock. That thing mm-hmm. was busting. That thing turned out See? It was meant to be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I that crawfish. I'm like, wait a minute now. This thing kind of busting. Wait a minute. But I was, you don't understand how hurt I was. I was like, oh my God. But then my auntie had told me, she was like, all you had to do was just add more liquid. You just need more liquid at the bottom. You, you didn't have to throw it away. You should have just added more liquid. Add your chicken stock. So I was like, oh, 
<laughs> to me, I, I I panicked. I just threw it away. I was like, oh, why is it looking like this? I just threw it away. And I think it's, it, can I imagine, or I'm imagining you being like, oh, this is not going to be good. Right. <laughs> you have that in your mind. Yes. It's kind of like, start from scratch. That's exactly how it was. Because I've never seen it look like that before. It like, it immediately started to um, solidify and get like the clumps. And I was like, what is happening? Because normally it's still kind of like a liquid form as it changes color. You know, you keep stirring it till you get to the color that you want. And I was like, what is happening? I just threw that thing away. <laughs> oh, Jackie. <laughs> I just tossed it that much. She was like, you didn't have to throw it away. You just added more liquid. I was like, I mean, whatever. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I am not a gumbo connoisseur. Okay? I don't make gumbo. <laughs> so I was trying to learn from the expert. And the fact that we having a whole cookies class... <laughs> If you are listening to this, <laughs> you a young person and you need to know how to make gumbo, you know you can go to Miss Jackie. Oh, listen, I have never had that problem before. I was like, what is happening? Because normally, you know, you get your oil, you make sure your pan is super hot because you don't really have to stir it. You know, like some people, they they stir they, their gumbo forever, like they stir their roux forever, yeah. you know, to get into yeah. the color. But you don't have to do that. You just let your pot get hot. And then once you add your oil, immediately and you immediately um it starts to change color when you add your flour. If your pot is hot enough, you just keep stirring it until you get to the color that you want. And that doesn't take forty five minutes or nothing. Just keep stirring it. <laughs> <laughs> but YouTube will tell you otherwise. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you, yeah. I'd be standing over the. The stove for I'm like what? I mean I'm, I don't know I don't, I don't get because who got who got that for that who got I mean you just making a like who got no, but uh but yeah but ultimately the it wasn't a gumbo it was like a seafood soup if you will mm -hmm. but it that okay. thing turned out really good okay so yeah that was my little uh, Christmas antics and so we hope uh, all of you. Your Christmas, your holidays have been blessed so far. We know that New Year's is coming up. Whether you're going to church or whether you're going to a party, whatever, be safe. You know, ring in the New Year. Uh, I will be at our church. I cannot wait. Um, of course, we're having service in the morning. No. Yeah, we're having service because uh, that's on Sunday. Tomorrow. Dang. My days. <laughs> My days, when I tell you they are running together, because I'm like, what is today? Today is Saturday. Wait a minute, y'all. It was my daughter asking me, mm, what's today? Right. <laughs> Three days ago, and me happened to be like, mm, you know, what is today? <laughs> okay, so it's not just me. Thanks to look it up on my phone, on my lock screen, trying to figure out what day it was. Well, okay, so it's not just me. Mm -mm, okay, well, no. praise God. So, okay, so today is Saturday. Tomorrow's Sunday. We have our noonday service. And then, of course, we're coming back um, for our New Year's Eve service at 1030. So if you're in Chicago, you're looking for somewhere to be, Transformation Center, 109th the Cottage Grove. We'd love to have you. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to the new year. I'm looking forward to all of the different um, things that God is going to do. Amen, amen. You know, for us in the upcoming year, we are super excited. We are super excited. You know, Tyra and I, we're going to talk about how we can, you know, come harder with the content or whatever. Because, you know, our jobs and our life be lifing. So, 
And I'm not the only person who celebrated the birthday this month. Okay. okay. Oh, that's true. Okay. Listen, YDWW has made three. three. We're three. Three. We're, oh my God. That time flew. We're three. It's our birth, our birth anniversary. Is that how we say that? It's our birth anniversary because we couldn't determine whether it was our birthday or our anniversary. So it's our birth anniversary. <laughs> we made three on the 20th. Yeah. We made a whole three. Thank you to all of our loyal listeners thank you oh my god three we started in clubhouse yes <clears throat> which is insane right? right we started it's insane that we started at clubhouse it's funny because one of those like screenshots came across my um featured photos or whatever mm-hmm. like oh my goodness do people still use clubhouse? you know like <laughs> so elitist like <laughs> Wait, no, wait, 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 wait a minute. You were, it was kind of like an exclusive thing when Clubhouse first came out that only if you had an iPhone you could use Clubhouse. But now it's like, do people even, and that was only three years ago. So I'm like, Man. do people even use Clubhouse anymore? Man, do they have an IPO? Like, what, <laughs> what happened? <laughs> what happened? I mean, because Clubhouse used to be busting, you know, three three years ago, everybody had their own little room and everybody was talking about everything under the sun you know and listen I think this is also like the the time or like the ep- the uh what am I trying to say the catalyst uh-huh. for everybody having their own pocket yeah <laughs> so actually clubhouse is at fault here. yeah that you know what that that is true that is true because everybody was a subject matter expert on Clubhouse. Mm. Tyra and I, we were just talking about, you know, youth development, our experiences in youth development, wanted to give a a space for those that are in youth development because we, as we uh, see that there is different approaches to their, that's, is that the word of approaches? There, there's a different approach. <laughs> <laughs> you know there's different strategies to youth development you know what i'm saying so we were we wanted just to figure out okay well what was working and what was not so that was the the basis and how ydww was born right so and then it just migrated and took off from there you know we started doing facebook lives and instagram lives and people that weren't on clubhouse like hey, what is y'all on that talking about well we're like okay you know okay you can come to our room you can come and talk with us you know Right, it, and it it's funny because you said it was very exclusive. Yeah, but we were always like, "Hey, if you here, you can join." You know what I'm saying? To- we, we we did not gatekeep. We were talking about you know, clubhouse itself was kind of like an exclusive thing. You could only get in, an invite if you had an iPhone. But I mean, I'm not even sure if that's even the, the how it works. Maybe. Yeah, maybe it's a thing now i don't know yeah i don't mean, i don't know i don't know if people even if you still use clubhouse you know what i'm saying hit us up and let us know you know because i i because I, I know i didn't like close the because we had our own ydww room i didn't deactivate the room or close the room or whatever so it's probably still there but we just it doesn't nobody use clubhouse like that no more so here's here's the the question of the day jack uh-huh. <laughs> Do you still have Clubhouse on your phone? I don't. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> so you mean the room is just out it's there? It's just in the, in the abyss. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. You know what? And you know what? People, they will request 
to join the room or whatever. I have no idea if we got any requests or anything. Baby, that's so okay. bad. That's funny. <laughs> Not Clubhouse didn't became like the tags <laughs> MySpace of our generation. That's so bad. That is that poor little room just sitting there like they gonna come back one day. But <laughs> but um but yeah so that is like our little um look look back into how YDWW got started you know up until now and again um we are looking to come harder uh with with the content in 2024 we need to start back doing um the lives for sure um because we, I know we had got away from doing the lives because again life be life and stuff like that but we need, definitely need to get back to doing the lives as well because there's so much going on in youth development so much so much and might i add to be not to not to be that person uh, right y'all know, know tyra is not the type of person to toot her own horn but toot toot i will toot you know a, a youth development was <laughs> working it was not horn okay um we are one of the only right uh definitely in chicago we're one of the only um youth uh podcast youth uh development spaces right in terms of bringing attention to what could be better mm -hmm. outside of like obviously cps right <laughs> or like a llc right places you know spaces that are supposed to do that inherently right, right. um I, I can only think of like one other um you know space it's a, it's a youth i wouldn't even say so we're youth informed mm -hmm. right we're youth driven um but this particular podcast is youth talks yeah by uh marshall <laughs> yeah marshall calorie right so his is actually youth not driven what's the word i'm looking for jackie uh youth led youth led thank mm -hmm. you thank you uh youth led right and he talks about everything, yeah. you know, deal with young people. And we're really focused on how do we as adults help young people thrive, mm -hmm. right? And when things aren't working, yeah, <laughs> we will call it out too. So if y'all are in the, you know, in the space where y'all are looking for, um, you know, spaces and uh, opportunities to have these type of dialogues. I'm gonna I'm, I'm go out there on a limb, and y'all can prove me wrong if I'm if I am wrong. I'm fine with that, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. But I'm gonna toot this YDWW Chicago horn and say we about the only ones out here. Toot 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 toot. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, okay. Um. So let me let me get this little article pulled up. Let me get this little article. I know I sent it. Didn't I? Didn't I send it to you, Tyra? Yes, love. Okay. Yep. Okay. 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 And I really wanted to know your thoughts because I think, for me, I think my perspective has kind of shifted a little bit from mm -hmm. uh, ever since I started working actually in the schools. My perspective on this have shifted just a tad bit, uh, uh, as opposed to uh, when we first started like really talking about the notion of school choice right 
So um, the little article, I'm just going to just read the title in a little bit about it. Chicago could move away from selective choice, from school choice. Here's what that means for parents and students. Many selective enrollment and magnet schools were created to integrate schools, but Mayor Brandon Johnson says that the system creates a Hunger Games scenario. The Chicago Board of Education has sig signaled it wants to move away from school choice systems that currently allow students to buy for seats in competitive programs and instead shift back toward neighborhood schools. Okay, I'm a, that's just the first two paragraphs. So, okay, so when you talk about selective enrollment, meaning that, you know, it, that's different from how um the neighbor school the neighborhood school process was you know when we were in elementary school it was basically a notion of hey if you live there you could enroll and go um but as the years progressed and education progressed or whatever um the the process of selective enrollment i'm not exactly sure when that actually started I don't know. Well, it said nearly 30 years ago. So I think about like, hmm, y'all, somebody told me don't tell my age the other day. And I was like, I am proud to be this old. But anyhow, yeah. or this, but anyhow, um, I just made 36. Yeah, yeah, my birthday yeah. Was on the 5th, right. So nearly 30. Oh, also, thank you. Yes. <laughs> um, the article said nearly 30 years ago, right? Mm. So that means I was six right i was really just getting into school like i was just right. becoming school um and you know before that i was actually going to what we would call i think we called it we would call pre-k head start then, right. right um because it didn't have to be in in a school building mm -hmm. right you could go to a daycare center um and be a part of head and be enrolled in a head start program right i was going to rockwell gardens with my grandmother who was the like lead chef or whatever her title was like she was the manager of the kitchen mm -hmm. right at rockwell gardens this was again 30 years ago mm -hmm. <laughs> okay right before i started you know going to actual public school so when i think about like selective enrollment that like that kind of positioning for me is like oh okay this makes sense because this uh, decision, right, that again, my little six-year-old self had no control over, right? But again, as Jackie says very eloquently, the adults who make all of these decisions for youth and for children, right, mm -hmm. created this idea that there was going to be schools that are, are best and brightest mm -hmm. should be able to go to. Mm -hmm. and, that, and again, I'm positioning that as something that completely uh not changed but completely uh formed the trajectory of my path yeah. <laughs> in school in Chicago yeah yeah so because like again um we went to my my brother my and my sister we went to so we went to our neighborhood school up until like because we moved. So I'll say up until like maybe seventh grade, I was in seventh grade. And then we started going to private school. And then from, from me, from seventh to junior year. Is that right? Yeah, seventh to junior year, we were in private school. And then uh, I ended up going to Jones Commercial. I graduated from Jones Commercial. Uh, was, well, it's Jones College Prep now. 
Um, but that was also a selective enrollment, meaning like you had to actually pass a te- pass a test and stuff like that. You had to, you know, be admitted, you know, um, um, like the traditional colleges, right? You had to pass a certain test or, you know, placement tests and all that other stuff. So it wasn't just I could just go there because it wasn't my neighborhood school, right? Because Jones had a um, a selection or it was the type of school um, that was mostly um, business focused or something that would that uh, where you concentrated on um, obtaining uh, a career and different things like that. So it was it wasn't just you know your regular gen ed classes that you were taking. You know they had different concentrations, different electives, uh, which made them. Uh, not just a regular neighborhood school that you can just enroll and go. So they were looking mm-hmm. for a certain type of student, a certain type of caliber student, which uh, you needed to apply and to meet that criteria, right? Which is basically the basis of, of selective enrollment, meaning that certain schools want a certain type of student, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, because so they have well, whatever their stipulations are, this GPA, uh, your background has to look like this or whatever because they are looking to admit or produce a certain type of student, right? Um, as opposed to your neighborhood school, which is basically open to anyone. Now, um, when I read the article that he is trying to, uh, and it's not just something that's just going to just like happen like next year or something like that. This is like a gradual process because I've heard um uh, it on the news as well because I think a lot of people they misinterpreted uh, when the article came out. They thought that all the selective enrollment schools were closing, and he was like, "No, like you know, no, it's not nothing like that. It's going to be kind of like a phase out over the years because ultimately he wants everybody to go back to being their neighborhood school where anybody could have access to um, public education." On one hand, I get it. I get it. Right? And because I work in a public school, um, I do see um, this, a student population. I see like two different student populations. I see a student population that strives, that is really trying to um, progress academically. Right. And then on the other hand, I see a student population where education, whether that it, where this is coming from, again, their culture, like we talked about culture or whatever, whether this is com- coming from their culture, that education is not necessarily a priority because, you know, I'm here basically because I have to be or some sort of other reason as to why school is not as important. Right. And so those students that are striving, you know, to excel academically, I guess that's where the selective enrollment space is for. Because when I think about, because uh, I know in our school, we have like all these different um, posters and different flags of schools that um, that the eighth graders can aspire to go to, right? You know, like your limb blooms, um, um, what's another really really good school like your um, 
with Young's stuff like that. Um, and uh, again, you you have those that are really aspiring to attend a school such as that, whereas others is it it's not as important. So again, on one hand, I get it. Um, why you are trying to eventually phase out the process of selective enrollment because it it does it does not favor everyone. But on the other hand, um, is everyone fit for that type of caliber of school? Because if you if you do away with, let's say, if it goes away completely tomorrow, everybody's gonna go to Limbloom. Is that the idea? Everybody's going to go to Whitney Young. Is is that the? Idea? I mean, I don't know. What What do you think? Who I have so many thoughts. Right. <laughs> I'm so many thoughts. I'm also trying to pull up. Um, and actually, let me start there. Right. So, um, I have to go back to the article because sometimes I get lost in information, y'all. I'm gonna be honest. I'm one of those people. When I'm bombarded with information before I make a, a clear opinion about it or before I go with my first thought, yeah, right? Um, because of the nature of this work, I'm more inclined to be like, mm, let me do a little bit more research, mm-hmm. right? Um, let me go talk to a young person or again, right? Because so, again, this is why we do youth development, what's working, what's not. Right, 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 right. <laughs> right? We're trying to put together um, and, you know... Uh, I guess, convene, you know, ideas that may work and may not work, right? Mm -hmm. But um, as I'm looking at, again, y'all know I also have a a thousand tabs open while I'm researching, (laughs) I am looking through the different types of programs that CPS, of schools that CPS offers, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm having a hard time because a lot of the uh what am I trying to say a lot of the information is so high school focused right right and it makes me wonder are there selective enrollment elementary schools or are or is that just what we call the gifted program right is just do we have a name for it within a school Mm. I am uh under the understanding though that there are certain elementary schools right because there is a kindergarten test that tells that and I remember my daughter like me opting out of her taking this no me having her take this test right to see if she could get in a particular kindergarten like in a particular school for k through eight mm. right um so with that said again that was like she just made nine y'all in October that was a long time ago I'm gonna have to refresh my memory on that but Again, as I'm sitting here looking at the article, I'm in looking at uh, <laughs> CPS, right, and um, the CPS Board of Educations. Uh, this, y'all, it's a, it's literally a six thousand page document, mm. right, that lists all the things that were talked about on the day that the board decided this, mm. right. So it's not just Mayor Johnson. Of course, he has appointed people to the board, right. But it is a group of people that made this decision, as Jackie said, to um, create a strat, like a five-year, it's literally called a five-year plan, mm-hmm. right? And one of the biggest things that I, I strongly believe about education is that, one, to Jackie's point, 
people don't read. Right. Right. And if we saying people as in adults don't read, definitely with TikTok and with all the other distractions and all the other things that we could be using to learn without reading, right? Whether it's a good thing or a bad thing or, or whatever you decide, our youth are not reading either, mm. right? So to think that a parent or a young person, a child even, is going to go through a 6,000 <laughs> 460 page document <laughs> mm-hmm. which again this is why me and Jackie are here yes. or Jackie and proper English right Jackie and I are here mm-hmm. so I'm trying to get this document to my desk to my uh, MacBook and it's just not working with me however what I will say is there are um, what CPS lists as one two three four five six seven eight eight different types of programs and again the reason why I'm saying um, there's a heavy focus on high schools and why I'm trying to figure out if this also extends to elementary schools for CPS is because underneath all of these different types eight types there are only high schools listed Mm -hmm. okay so I'm gonna go through the types um, before I answer Jackie's question I know that was a long like no 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 go (laughs) ahead go ahead um, but there are CTE schools, what are called career and technical education. CTE programs feature a unique approach to prepare high school students. And again, also, let's let's read this with um, with discerning eyes and ears and listen with discerning ears. Right. Because this is something that was created pre. Uh, and actually, let me go make sure. Um, it says 2023 on it, but I'm pretty sure this is the same page that. um if not Emmanuel's administration used, yeah. uh, definitely Light Slits administration used this page on GoCPS, cps.edu, about program types, right? Because ain't nothing changed yet. Right. Like the five-year plan, it's coming down the pike, right? And that um, particular Board of Education meeting literally just happened on the 12th of December. So with that said, Career and, edu- and technical education, and even thinking about the way the descriptors are used, right? This is verbiage that, and this is going to be data points. As we know, uh, during the pandemic, there were all of the, in, <laughs> in some spaces, even after, right? Three years after, if we're saying the pandemic has ended, right? Um, that there are some spaces on CPS uh, website, on CPS's website, where information is just not there, right? It's just not existent. So CTA programs uh, feature a unique approach to prepare high school students for college and career success. Students can participate in CTE college and career academies to which students must apply. Mm. I'm going to leave that there, right? Mm -hmm. Um, through these programs, students experience hands-on training in their chosen industry. And to be honest, I would think like a Dunbar would be on that list. And yes, it is because Dunbar originally was a vocational high school, meaning it had different tracks depending on what type of career you wanted to go into. Mm-hmm. Left Dunbar, right? Um, Bogan is listed as an example under CTE education, Chicago vocation or CVS, right? Mm-hmm. Cure diet, 
Um, Cause we know that in the long fight to make sure diet was stayed a neighborhood high school and the neighborhood uh, and the residents and the parents who came together in that fight and even like ended up in a ooh, 34 day hunger strike. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> Just to make sure their students in that neighborhood had access. Right. To something that people wanted to create and turn into a selective enrollment school right? That they could walk to that school. And I see young people walk every day. I do see people get on the bus, but still. Yeah. (laughs) Or off the bus, but still. They probably get off the bus from like three or four blocks. But that is also, uh, that became uh, through Rahm's administration and through Rahm's former mayor, Rahm Emanuel's uh, board, Chicago Public School board, it became a music and arts high school mm-hmm. when really the neighborhood wanted it to be a global leadership and agricultural space for, for students in this neighborhood. That's what, stu- that's what parents and students were asking for at the time, but it's, not an, it's technically not a selective enrollment school because it's listed under career and technical education. Okay, okay? y'all see on with yep. this? So that's charter schools listed as the next section we're not gonna touch on that because we do that a lot yeah (laughs) ww chicago okay go to some of our past uh episodes there's also a citywide version oh i'm sorry a citywide program it says this program is housed in a high school that has no neighborhood attendance boundary students can apply to the program from throughout the city and no students can be automatically admitted to the program without submitting an application So obviously we know everybody has to apply to a school period, right? Mm -hmm. But here you can be anywhere in the city and want to go to this school. Um, Schools that are listed there would be back of the yards high school, right? Which we know is also a newer high school, Mm -hmm. Chicago Academy. I don't even know where that is. Roosevelt. I've heard of that Mm -hmm. uplift high school, which my understanding, it used to be a charter school. I'm not sure if it is still a charter school, Mm -hmm. high school. Um, and Alcott. Mm-hmm. Contra- there are only two schools li- listed here. Uh, contract schools are schools that are managed by external operators. What that mean? It goes on to say these schools are funded and monitored by the district and must adhere to all student-related district policies. Contract schools are governed by a boards of directors and operate under contract contractual agreements with the district. Typically, these contracts are for five-year terms. So there are only two schools listed. It's Shy Arts mm-hmm. and Chicago Tech. Mm-hmm. And I remember when Shy Arts was actually on 35th and in the old, uh, was it old Doolittle building? Mm-hmm. Um, which now houses, I think, an urban prep. Yeah. Um, I put that in into the atmosphere and into the conversation because there is a, a huge confusion around. Oh, and I didn't go over charter school examples that are listed in here. But, right, right, right. Because I was going to ask, I was going to ask, what's the difference? So, and that's what I was going to say. Like, I feel like a, a lot of times people um, get confused charter and contract, right? Mm. Um, because technically, if I have a charter school, I have I have their I have some form of a contract, right? Because there's a there has to be a legal document that says I can operate this charter school. Right. But it says charter, I will go back and read 
<laughs> y'all because again reading is fundamental and we know that other people sometimes even myself as I just showed in this example we do not read <laughs> <laughs> I read it before I just didn't read it here it says charter schools are independently operated schools right that are by Chicago Board of Education pursuant to the Illinois charter schools law Charter schools are governed by board of directors and operate under contractual agreements with the authorizing entity. Let's go back. The authorizing entity is the Chicago Board of Education pursuant to the Illinois Charter Schools Law. Mm-hmm. So we got a little bit of, um, hmm, what does this even really mean? Words mean things, right? What does this mean? Right. Um, we got a little bit of semantics going on here, right? Mm-hmm. Charter schools are governed by board of directors and operate under contractual agreements with the authorizing entity, which we know is the Chicago Board of Education pursuant to Illinois Charter Schools Law. And it goes on to say, semicolon, typically these contracts are for five-year terms. Charters can exercise autonomy Mm -hmm. over many student-related policies. So the difference is, um, under here we have... uh, Cerro Garcia High School, mm-hmm. Art in Motion, which we know is uh, birthed out of uh, John Hanna mm-hmm. in New Life. Yeah. Um, we have all of the CICSs, mm-hmm. um, which, Jackie, do you remember what the acronym for CICS is? Mm-hmm. No, ma'am, not off the top of my head. Okay, we'll, we'll come back to that. Um, Interestingly enough, though, there are no Donahue, uh, I mean, no U Chicago's on here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to figure out where they are because <laughs> we know that that's a huge charter school um, creator, right, is the University of Chicago for Chicago public schools, right? Yep. So, the difference is that last sentence, um, Again, semantics are happening. Contract schools are schools that are managed by external operators. Yes, that makes sense. But both contract and charter schools are supposed to um, be subject to Chicago Board of Education law under the Illinois no, sorry, not under Illinois charter school law, but, you know, under state law, right? Mm -hmm. is that charter schools can exercise autonomy Mm. over related policies Mm. whereas the contract schools it seems like um they have to adhere to district policies makes sense i'm sorry it doesn't seem like it it literally says must adhere to right makes sense so um when we're talking about and again, I'm not going to get into this fully because we have ad nauseum, right, talked about this. But uh, charter schools can say, y'all have to wear a uniform and the uniform has to be like this. Yeah. Versus a non-charter that, you know, uh, just wants students to adhere to the school Chicago Board of Education's uh, policy of dress. Right. right? Mm-hmm. Um, when we talk about, and I know a lot of charter schools have since gotten away from this, um, definitely with policy like common sense discipline um, of that like 2013, 2015 era, um, even thinking about, oh, I don't see Noble on here anywhere either. Mm-hmm. Um, Noble is a huge charter school uh, operator yep. in, Chicago, in Chicago, right? Yep. Um, Kip. Yep. Is a 
they're not listed on here as examples. But I'm saying that to say um, there was a very, what people and definitely a lot of the students who I was working with thought of as a very radical president who was put in place because there was like this huge scandal. <laughs> um, and that led to this, uh, what the students and a lot of teachers thought to be this really dynamic, radical black woman being um, chosen to be the president or the CEO, whatever the title is of Noble Charter. And at that time, I think this woman had like purple hair, right? Mm. So if that was in like 20, let's say 2019, 2020, right before the pandemic mm -hmm. or right before the start of, um, you know, the pandemic, I would be willing to bet that at that time, there was this idea that charter schools was gonna, were going to be a little bit more lax on some of those ideas or some of those policies like demerits. Yeah. Some of those policies of, you know, uh, zero, tolerance, zero tolerance, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it concerned students' appearance and or students' behavior, right? Mm -hmm. We're, not we're, but how they were gonna discipline students, right? Mm -hmm. Think about student-related policies. Those are the things that I think about in terms of my experience of working with students who have been to charter schools versus working with students who are going to um, non-charter schools. Yeah. So we talked about citywide. Let's see, we've gone through one, two, uh, career and technical education, charter schools, citywide schools, contract schools, IB, International Baccalaureate, mm -hmm. aims acquiring knowledgeable and caring young people, which shouldn't that be the, the development aim for all oh, schools? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm a digress. <laughs> <laughs> Who helped to create a better and more peaceful world through intercultural understanding and respect? To this end, the organization works with schools, the organization as in the organization of International Baccalaureate um, works with schools, governments, and international organizations to develop challenging programs of international education and rigorous assessment. These programs encourage students across the world to become active, compassionate, and lifelong learners who understand that other people with their differences can also be right. I'm gonna come back to that one because we have Back of the Arts High School listed here again. Um, even though it's a citywide school. We have Bronzeville High School, which is also listed under citywide school and IB. We have um, Curie mm. listed, um, which we know Curie is also a CTE, career uh, technical, technical education. Um, Hubbard, High Park. Uh, I knew that because I was a IB student in High Park who graduated from High Park. Um, Bogan is listed as an IB school. Edmundson, Farragut, Clemente, and Hubbard. Oh, and Juarez. Um, I'm pretty sure there are a few more, but those are the ones that are listed at least under this uh, descriptor. Finally, no, not finally. We got three more, y'all. I'm going to go to Service Leadership Academies, and then I'm going to come back to Neighborhood and Selective Enrollment Schools. So Service Leadership Academies, I, I wasn't even really understanding of what this was but it's very actually self-explanatory service leadership academies are unique for your high schools that prepare students for college and subsequent careers although students wear uniforms and operate in structured environment these schools are not intended to prepare students for the military these are students these are basically schools that have jrs jrotc mm -hmm. 
Um, they take part in unprecedented leadership opportunities and co-curricular activities, including college trips and citywide competitions. Again, shouldn't that be the goal for all right? in a nurturing, safe, and healthy environment, which they can realize their full potential. Um, there are no schools listed under here because, again, I think the idea is that if a school operates and has ROTC, ROTC program, which I think most schools do, um, it, it literally says no result found based on your criteria. Um, so we have lastly, what did I say, eight types of schools, the last two mm-hmm. um, that I'll read are neighborhood and selective enrollment high schools. Neighborhood. This program is housed in a high school with a neighborhood attendance boundary. In most cases, students can apply to neighborhood programs from throughout the city, and most neighborhood programs offer automatic admittance to students who reside within the school's attendance boundary. A limited number of neighborhood programs only accept students who live within the school's neighborhood attendance boundaries. Okay. Very clear cut. Right. right? Again, diet is listed here. Inglewood STEM is listed here. Bowen. What? Austin CCA, Clemente, CVS, Bogan, which also has an IB program. Admonson, which also has an IB program, right? And Corliss are listed here. Oh, I'm sorry. Curie also has an IB program. So again, we're talking about neighborhood schools. And the reason I'm listing the ones that have the IB program is because, again, in my understanding of what a school should do, a school should make people or should make young people not make. That's a terrible way to say that. A school should help young people be developed enough so that they can be global citizens. Well, I'm I'm confused. I I got a question. I got a question. Can we go back to Inglewood STEM, please? Um, Yep. So all those various schools that were closed to help, to help <laughs> wait a minute, because I'm confused about the concept. It was like, what, three or four schools that were closed when they were in the process of forming Inglewood STEM. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so those children that those students that uh, were in those schools that closed down, that were not admitted into Inglewood STEM had to go to other schools. So how is it that I I just I was just under the impression that Inglewood STEM was a, a selective enrollment school. You're saying it's not? Um, let's go to selective enrollment because it's not listed. That doesn't mean or it's not listed under again this one pager or the one page of this uh this website, this particular page on this website. But I can look at the show more. Um, because it says 10 of 14. Mm-hmm. So that means, so there are 10 of 48 neighborhood schools that are listed here. Inglewood STEM is just one of those 10 of the 48, okay. right? When it, button that says show more. So I can look and see, but I don't generally, a um, neighborhood school is not a selective enrollment school. Those two things don't coincide. right? But for just for thoroughness. No, it's not listed as a selective enrollment. Stop school. it! Actually, they're only, and also we're only thinking about high school, right? Right. Um, there are only fourteen selective enrollment high schools in the city of Chicago, according to um, today's read <laughs> of CBS.edu. So there's Brooks, 
uh, which is I'm pretty sure is Gwendolyn Brooks, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, what used to be Jones Commercial, mm-hmm. um, King, Martin Luther King, uh, Lynn Bloom, mm-hmm. Northside Prep, South Shore International, mm-hmm. which is crazy to me, but okay, because mm-hmm. that's kind of the same question you're asking about Inglewood, right? right? <laughs> um, Westinghouse, mm-hmm. uh, Hancock, Kenwood, Lane Tech, Morgan Park. Walter Payton, William Taft, and Whitney Young. Stop it. So, you want me to read the selective enrollment? <laughs> the selective enrollment um, little description. Please. Here? Okay. I feel like there should be a drum roll or something. Please. <laughs> selective enrollment high schools provide academically advanced high school students with a challenging and enriched college preparatory experience. Mm. Each of the selective enrollment high schools offers a rigorous curriculum with mainly honors and advanced placement AP courses. The schools strive to develop students, critical students as in this, these things that belong to the students, right? Students, apostrophe, critical and analytical thinking skills and promote diverse academic inquiry by bringing together students from a wide range of backgrounds and experiences. Hence, it ain't your neighborhood school. Testing is required in order for students to be considered for these programs. Okay, so your original question was, um, and for good measure, I'm just, I just have to go back to uh, let y'all know that there are 40. So there are f- how many? 48 neighborhood high schools and 40 charter schools, y'all, mm-hmm. in the city of Chicago. Mm-hmm. 14 enrollment high schools. Again, ser- service leadership academies were not listed. Um, I said 48 neighborhood high schools, 22 IB schools, two contract schools, and 12 only 12 citywide schools. In CTE, there are 47 CTE schools, okay? Um, so to go back to answer your question, what do I think about this? Again, I have a lot of thoughts, right? Because I also um, was just graduating, not just graduating, I think I was just graduating grad school, right? Um, when this whole parent school choice uh, kind of organizing effort came about in Chicago. And we know that it's been all across, you know, the nation, right? And I don't know if it had just come to Chicago at this time or if we were at the same, you know, at the same pace as other school, as other cities across the country. But I very vividly remember there being a huge push under 2000, if I graduated from Roosevelt in 2012, Rom had two terms. His first term ended, what, four years ago? Mm-hmm. No. Did he have two terms? Mm-hmm. Did Rom have two terms? Um, uh, no, I think he did not, mm-hmm. didn't go for a second term. Right, 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 right. Oh, years felt like an eternity. Yes, you're right. You are right. Okay. Um, so he actually didn't go run a second time. Right. 
so but 2012 I want to say that next inauguration would have been his inauguration 2013 ish my my years might be running together however um daily the last daily rom and then lightfoot none of these people were educators right that's number one yeah that's my issue with all of this number one all of these people appointed people who were not educators to the board mm-hmm I'm sorry. Actually, my my memory of of Daly is is a little vague, but I know for a fact that Rom appointed somebody who was not an educator. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at the head of CPS. Yes. Right. Um. Same thing with Lightfoot. I, if my understanding is correct, that person came from C CTA. Right. Um, and then even at the beginning uh, or during that election, right, that election with 21 people, there was this whole conversation around whether they those candidates believe that Chicago should have its uh, an elected representative school board. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we're talking about how I think about this. I think about like who's leading this. Right. Who's decisions. Right. Again, I say this all the time. Je- Jackie so eloquently says that adults make all of these decisions that trickle down to a young person's day-to-day lived life of course or right so even thinking about like when I was in school here in Chicago to know that I was I was I uh let me back up to know that I went to predominantly white a predominantly white elementary school before coming back here for even though my family lived here, I would spend summers here. I would be here over the weekend, right? In Waukegan, I went to Oakdale from third, fourth, no, second, third, and fourth, I think, right? And then coming here to go to Daniel Hill Williams, which is named after the first Black open heart surgeon, right, in the world, and having so much pride in that, and then also knowing that I'm in a, a very, what's the word? We use the word exclusive. And I don't mean exclusive in like a way to be demeaning, but literally like we were with the same people for two years. Yeah. The way the gifted program worked during the daily era, right? During <laughs> Paul Vallis, <laughs> right? <laughs> and, and very early Arnie Duncan, right? the way the gifted program worked is that it was very much like um, how we're describing uh, and my computer and locked, but how we're describing selective enrollments at high schools, right? Providing academically advanced high school students and challenging them, right? Although the only difference was here in the high school setting, they're challenging them and enriching them, quote unquote, with college preparatory experience, right? Mm -hmm. And it was, hey, this is the best and the brightest, and we're gonna keep them in their own little cohort yeah. and see what they do, right? And see if they boost these test scores. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. And for fifth and sixth grade, I had the same teacher. For seventh and eighth, I had the same teacher. How is that access? Like, how is that? What's the word? Yes, I yes, I benefited from it. Let me not act like I didn't, right? But at the same time, that is not um, equity. Right. If the bet, if I had the best teacher all to myself for the, <laughs> for mm. the 
couldn't nobody mess with Miss Cheryl mm-hmm. in in that era of Miss of Daniel Hale Williams, right? Couldn't nobody mess with Miss Raul. Miss Raul is the reason I ended up going to college and saying, "Hey, I want to go to Egypt," and y'all gonna figure out how I get there, mm-hmm. and not having to pay for anything. So when we talk about again access and the type of development, developing global leaders, right? Those are the type of teachers that were doing that. Mm-hmm. Now, if we're saying that only certain students should be afforded that opportunity to sit under those type of teachers, mm-hmm. I don't agree with that. Mm-hmm. If we're saying that only selective enrollment schools should be preparing students for college if that's where they want to go. Mm-hmm. I don't agree with that. Mm-hmm. And if we're also saying that only selective enrollment schools are providing academically advanced advanced high school students, like I just don't understand like why there's this idea that a student can be academically advanced only at a selective enrollment school. Right, 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 right. I didn't now, know. Why? Jackie, (laughs) that I disagree with what you said about certain students applying themselves, right? Because at the end of the day, you got parent choice, right? But your parent not sitting there next to you taking a test with you. True. Or showing up to homeroom on time with you, right? Mm -hmm. I do believe there has to be more accountability placed on the child, especially at the high school age, right? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like, come on, let's call a spade a spade education and equitable education should be afforded and accessible at every school in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a enrollment school, whether it's a CTE school, whether it's a, God forbid, it's a charter school, because we know some of them ain't doing so hot. Yeah. So I guess I'll stop there. <laughs> no, 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 that, that is, um, that is a very interesting perspective in terms of like trying to cluster kids into, um, uh, certain schools such as selective enrollment because they are deemed uh, the best and the brightest um, whereas those that um, are not in that type of school whether they are in a neighborhood or if, or if they fall under other any of those other categories you know what I'm saying because th- those other categories still did not say that they provided uh, um what was it? Advanced college and career readiness or whatever the term was. I I thought that was very interesting in that. Why isn't that type of approach standard across the board? Um, I don't know. Or career education. Right. Why, 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 why isn't that standard? Like what sense does that make? If we're trying to develop young people to be adult leaders, Right. Or to be leaders who are in one in one day (laughs) going to become adults. Right. Mm -hmm. The fact that none of these um, how I want to say this. And again, uh, we could go we could go through the weeds. Right. In terms of curriculum and how curriculum is implemented. But the fact that none of these, um, you know, kind of program types actually list financial education. Right social emotional learning mm-hmm. understanding of self mm-hmm. right 
all of this is problematic. And again, this goes back to episodes, you know, three or four episodes prior where I was just like, what are we going to do to change all of this? Because all of this is nonsensical to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I would love to... Um... And I'm and I'm and I'm probably gonna pull on you for this too. Um, oh. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'm definitely gonna uh, pull on you to brainstorm uh, this with me because I would love to have some sort of conversational roundtable, if you will, um, about subjects such as this because um, at our ministry, um, you know, I am over uh, our youth ministry one mother generation (laughs) stop it at transformation center chicago and we are doing our first um omg youth conference pause for a second jake because you saying that as if it's not like a new thing (laughs) like it hasn't been a long time coming like can you pat yourself on the back for us for just Uh, do you hear me doing it yes okay Okay, thank you (laughs) uh yeah so yeah that was definitely um uh, a full circle moment for me because that's actually where I got my start in youth development back in 2011. Um, I was on the youth team there and I noticed that's when I really um, started to uh, become more familiar with the call that God was leading me into as far as I went in youth development. So uh, so from 2011 to now what 12 years and now I'm leading a one mighty generation is is definitely something else. And to be in this role, right? Because not only is it just uh, we're not just a typical youth, you know, youth ministry, right? Uh, because our pastor, our senior leader, is in the public school system and has been in it for 30. 30- 30 years, you know, shout out to Apostle. Bless your soul. Um, <laughs> you know, because he's been in it for so long, you know, um, he, we we have it structured as a school, right? Um, going from primary all the way up to uh, young adults with middle school in between high school and stuff like that. And we just not only um, address the uh, spiritual needs of our youth, you know, but we, uh, we service them holistically in terms of, cause I want to know, um, are our children reading on grade level? I would hate to think that the, um, that the young people that we see every weekend that, you know, um, that we that are in church with us, that are in service with us every weekend, are struggling with something basic as reading, and then I don't know about it. You know what I'm saying? That doesn't sit right with me. So I mean, so that is our approach um, with one my generation now, and I and I would really love, and I'm saying this on air so everybody can you know hear me. I would definitely love to solicit your help, Atira, um, in terms of um, how we're going to do the youth conference next year because it's it's so much that I think that education itself is such like this huge web, right? Uh, that I think a lot of our parents, just people in general, get lost in. You get lost in the jargon. You get lost in the, um, you know, all of the different um, ins and outs that education is, is now providing when it used to be all so simple right um I, man 
that is amazing. And, and again, I will be blowing up your phone, texting you about like, well, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? Because uh, we are we are like super way over our time, but this was so good. And, and, this, and this definitely needs a, needs a part two. This definitely needs a part two um, in breaking down um, this new approach to selective enrollment um, with the phasing out of it. Again, this is going to be like a, a five year process. But what does what does education equity look like? What does that sound like? Um, and then two, how can parents, how, how do we integrate that into the culture to where people mm-hmm. actually care about that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because some, some parents, they are so engulfed with life itself that it's just a matter of getting their kids to school is, is a win for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, all all the rest of that stuff is like it's like a foreign language. It's like you 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 talking you talking gibberish as far as like you know how my child is actually performing the type of school that they're in. You know why is it that I have to jump through all of these hoops to get them in school? I just want just to get them in, you know. Um, but we're not also considering um, them becoming well rounded adults, and what does that actually take for them to get there? Mm-hmm. It's a lot. <laughs> it is a lot. It is a lot. Do you have an encouraging word? Um, I think that encouraging words for parents again who might feel like this is a if you feel like this is a strike against you, I'm gonna read um from the PowerPoint, because uh, again, also, let me back up. Encouraging word slash tip, right? Mm-hmm. Even if you can't make, which I always had a problem with the fact that Chicago Board of Education hosts their meetings at 10 a.m. Right. right? When people, normal people are working. I've always had a problem with the fact that they're hosting these meetings when when children, right? And students, are in school mm-hmm. um, because again, there's that idea of uh, uh, what's the, there's that idea that they don't want to participate. Parents and students don't want to participate in the decisions that are being made around them, mm-hmm. right, for them. Um, so hopefully, that's another change that comes. We'll see, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Um, but on so the reason I say that also as a tip is because those meetings are recorded, mm-hmm. right? Those agendas, and again, like I said, there was a six thousand page document um, that was posted on December twelfth for the December fourteenth meeting of Chicago Board of Education, right? Those things have always happened. It's now time for us to start educating people to to find them, right? And to be able to say, oh, wait, so there was a settlement that they, that they, you know, voted on. Who was getting money from that? Mm -hmm. Right. How is that money being taken from and what happened? Right. Normally when there's a settlement, somebody did something wrong. Mm -hmm. Right. Whether it's the police or a teacher or whoever. Right. Settlement. We all understand that, that verbiage. Right. Mm -hmm. But if that's the case, what is not being funded at my child's school because somebody had to win a settlement through CPS, Mm. right? So as parents, my tip is that we do a little bit more digging 
into or calling out of, hey, the school hasn't been helping me figure this out, right? Or I don't know, the system, the Board of Education, CPS as a whole does not do enough education, right? And parents have to call that out. Mm-hmm. Are going to be too busy to do that, mm-hmm. right? Some teachers don't even know this, exi- this five-year plan exists. Mm-hmm. Again, like Jackie <laughs> and like so many other teachers, they were really just excited that there was the end of the school, at the end of technically, um, you know, the semester. Mm-hmm. And they at home trying to figure out their own stuff with their own families. And it is not their responsibility either to teach us about what's happening at, at a level that's higher than them. Yeah. At a decision-making level that's higher than them. Mm-hmm. So my tip is that people get on this Board of Education, cpsboe.org website, right? In your spare time when you're not on TikTok or when you're not on YouTube or, again, when you're not cooking dinner or even while you are cooking dinner, mm-hmm. Right. To start trying to figure out, "Mm, how do I answer these questions? Or how do I make some sense of these things that I just, I can't have to sit down and talk with Mayor Johnson, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Might not be able to sit down with the CPS board president, right? Um, But on this uh, PowerPoint, at least, it says some contributing factors. Despite a myriad of education reforms over the course of many CPS strategic plans, these challenges and gaps have persisted. These opportunity gaps are driven by longstanding structural racism, socioeconomic inequality. Additionally, our system of school choice is one under-resourced because another, uh, uh, the actually the slide earlier than that says, we currently have many more seats than we got students because enrollment has decreased. Mm-hmm. So if we got 4,600, I mean, not 4,000, I'm sorry, uh, 465,000 seats but only 323 students how did how did we end up in a space where we 10 years after closing of schools because there was there wasn't an, enough enrollment mm-hmm. right because schools were underutilized ain't nothing changed in 10 years <laughs> that's nothing. So additionally, our system of school choice is under-resourced. It pits schools against one another and it sorts students. Yeah. And again, as a parent, I do want my child to be with the best and brightest, right? But I also believe that she is one of the best and brightest. Yeah. And her administration at her school should also believe that, mm. no matter what it goes to. Mm. That's good. That's good. Um I don't know if I have necessarily an encouraging word, but um, I guess this would be uh, a tip as well um, for parents that uh, for parents or even those that uh, support youth that sometimes they may feel that this is a bit overwhelming, um, you know, to try to navigate through these different uh, spaces and language and stuff like that. Uh, you know, I would say, you know, collaborate. I think this is where collaboration comes in as well to try to, if you can't, um, you know, make a school board meeting or something like that, you know, there are um, people that are in your space that are in the education space that can be able to break down what is actually happening um, so that is, is so that it is more understandable and less overwhelming uh, for you to try to understand so that you can be able to make an informed decision um about your children or about the youth that you serve because i definitely want 
our parents, when I say our, meaning like the parents of the children that are in one mighty generation to understand uh, what the school system uh, does, what it entails. Um, I don't want them to feel um, that they are just lost in the sauce and that, that the only victory that they get is just sending their kids to school and, and the fact that they may get good grades or whatever, but what type of um, adults are we producing in this process? So, um, yeah, that's my little uh, tidbit, if you will. This was, this was so good coming back from, you know, while we're still in the holidays or whatever. This was good. I enjoyed this. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, we definitely need to park you to this. Uh, and listen, we're satisfied. <laughs> yeah, 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 we need a part two to this. Maybe this will be. Oh, maybe we can kick off our first a uh, Facebook Live of the year with this. Agreed, agreed. Ooh, that'd be dope. That'd be dope because we definitely need some sort of some more um of subject subject matter experts um in this. That'll definitely help us out. Well, happy Saturday to y'all. Um. We hope that you are again safe while you're bringing in the, in the new year, whether you go to church or wherever you're going to be. Uh, we just thank God again for blessing us to see a new year, and and we are looking forward to all of the many open doors that uh, God is going to provide in 2024. But in the meantime, we gonna catch y'all on somebody platform. Amen. Amen. Well, happy Saturday to y'all, and we'll see y'all soon. Bye. Bye.